Welcome to the Check Your Six podcast. Join your hosts, Air Force veterans Craig Lyson and Tim Proctor as they continue their conversation about the challenges of small business ownership as well as information, tips and guest speakers, all designed to help you navigate the potential stormy weather that is small business. And now, here are your hosts, Craig and Tim. I guess I should start that. How you doing today, man, on the nearly end of March? I tell you what, you must have been out late last night because you're not, you're all pepper yourself. You're like, you know, I, I really feel great. It was a, <laughs> we've had a, we've had a, it's been a pretty busy month for us, which is good, but did some stuff with a charity right down the street called Chair of the Love Cuisine for the Cause. We had a, an event with a cook and the host were in Seattle. They started at 8.30. So we started at 11.30. It was a rocking night, so. I'm going to be like Randy Keith was, rocking on Red Bull and Monster, <laughs> which I don't do either one of those, but how you doing today, man? I'm doing fantastic. Everything's going our way, man. I, I noticed that uh, GRP is starting to get out there and people are starting to take recognition of you, and, and that's what we're striving for. We're trying, but how do people get a hold of you, Mr. Craig Lyson? You can reach me at 407-754-5779. Don't look at me because I know I'm going to mess up. I, I can't just, look at you when I do that because I mess up. I just up. gave your last name, so now that all those people that are looking for you, pictures yeah. in the post office. I've been using your last name. I hope that you've been getting That's those fine. calls. <laughs> That's fine. That's great. Well, I am Tim Proctor with GRP Studios here in Longwood, Florida, 407-782-5969 or tim at grpstudios.com. And we've got somebody in here today that's going to help us with strategization. I think I just made that word up. I, but it's going to work. Business. I, I know it's going to work. Business strategy. Rom Hines, R-P-H Strategies, is in the house today with us. And he's going to talk to us about a business strategy, which all of us need to have. Thank you, sir, for being in here today. Thank you for having me. Glad to be here. How are you doing today? How's, how's March going for you? Did it blow by? Unbelievable. Actually, uh, each week, I'm amazed. It's like I'm geared up, ready to start the week. I have everything laid out in order. And it's Friday afternoon, and there's 20 other things that I could still do. You know you're having a busy week when you come to the end of the week, and you know I, I got a bunch of stuff I need to do. So, great. Well, it's yeah, good to no. have you here, and tell us a little bit about and we're going to talk about your key phrases and a bunch of other things, but RPH strategies, does it have anything to do with your name at all? Because it is, you know, Robert H. It, it, it does that's what I figured. work out with that, but people don't care about Robert Hines. And people think I'm crazy when I say that. It's like, it's like well, yeah, that's you. I but when it me. comes down to it, and if you think about it, when you go to talk to your potential prospects, they don't care about you. They don't care about what company you're in there representing. They care about, well, what's the end game? They care about what is our conversation going to do for me? Because, well, you know everybody's favorite radio station. I mean, it, it should be the CY6 podcast. WKRP in Cincinnati? That one, uh, they've had some trouble in the years. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think if they were in that same format that they used to, there's probably some. Uh, uh, they would have yeah, been fired. Yeah. yeah I, didn't think, I don't think they had an HR department. No, I don't <laughs> think they had an HR department. Not with Lonnie Anderson working at the front desk and them throwing turkeys out of, out of helicopters. Yeah. yeah. But so. everybody's favorite radio station is WIIFM. What's in it for me? And realistically, like when you walk into a business, it's, you got, you got to understand that. They don't care about you. You're disrupting their day. So if you're going to disrupt their day, let's make it worth everybody's while. 
So what is your, I know your background has not been fully business consulting, but give us a brief overview of your background and then I'm going to jump into consulting for businesses. So I have always been, I've always been money motivated. I, I love money, but money is not the answer to everything. So there is happiness and everything else. Money just makes it easier. So doing it the right way is a whole other story. So getting into what is RPH? Well, reliability, profitability, and honorability. Reliability, that's the key to everything. You got to provide a service and you got to let whoever you're talking know that you're going to be there for them. People don't care about when things are on the up and up. Yeah, they're everything's going the right way. But what happens when something goes wrong? If you're not there, you're not that reliable source that they should be able to depend on. Well, guess what? Your credibility and everything else is going to go out the door at the same time. Now, in the same respect, as long as you are providing that kind of service and you are that reliable asset, they should be able to have profitability. And profit is not a dirty word. And profitability is the lifeblood of what a business is that allows it to focus on hiring people, bringing on other clients. And if you think about it from the business sense of it, if you do not do things to have the correct profitability coming into your business, you are not going to be there to provide that business for the people you do help. The last one is honorability. And that word is not really in the English dictionary. There's other forms of it, but this goes back to the times of knighthood and everything else. And what do you have? Your honor is what you carry. And you better be doing business that way. I don't care about doing business with anybody today. I care about what kind of business we're going to be doing over the next 20 years. You know, it's funny you say honor because this is a Western culture. We view things differently. Eastern culture, a lot of it is honor and shame. That's why family, so many things are, are tied to that. It's honor and shame. And you're absolutely correct. Honorability is not a big thing for a lot of people here in the United States. It's how much money can I make? How fast can I make it? You know, who, do I, who can I walk over going to the top? Yeah. And, and again, I am money motivated. So I, I started working. I was 12, 13 years old when I, I started working. I got into the automotive industry, uh, working on cars when I was 15. I had family that had uh, a couple of repair shops and I did not like going to school. <laughs> I really didn't want to be there. On top of it, I had a friend of mine that was never in school, always had money, and he had a badass old Trans Am. And I was like, okay. All right, what year? I I couldn't tell. I want to say it was... Well, the best is the Smokey late and the Bandit. 60s, I want to say. Okay, so Smokey was at 72? It was, it was middle to late 70s. It was probably seventy six. Was the was the trans was the Trans Am with the with the, with or the fire, but with the the thing on the hood. Now I had a uh, Night Rider. I had I had the eighty four. Okay. So, anyway, so you had a guy with a cool. So, so yeah, he always had money. He had a great car, and I, I'm looking. Well, I don't have any of that. What 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 are you doing? You selling drugs? You know, you, what do I got to do? Yeah, <laughs> do I got to work a business off the third floor bathroom or something? There you go. But he went to work. He was working on cars. Someone hired him to sweep up the shop, started showing him how to repair the things, and next thing you know, he's making money, he came into a car, he's able to fix his car, and like I said, he doesn't have to go to school. So that's where that started. Left uh, the automotive industry when I was 18, and I don't want to say left, so I don't think that that was the end of that story. I took a part-time job. I always worked. It was just something to do, and like I said, when I worked, I got paid. 
So took a job at a Radio Shack, just something seasonal, something to do in the evening to keep myself from getting into trouble. And after a couple months through that season, they gave me my own store. I ran that for about a year, and they were pushing me in the direction to go into corporate. And granted, as a kid making $40-some-thousand, especially back in, what was this, early 90s, that was, that was a great place for me to be. And I started looking at the numbers. It's like, well, if I go into corporate, I'm looking at, you know, maybe somewhere in the 80s, maybe up to 100 or something like that. And maybe I'm crazy for thinking it, but I figured if I'm doing this in this role, what happens if I go back to the dealership world and I got a job selling cars? Okay, well, we'll do this. And took off real well with it. So from there, did that for a number of years across several states, ended up back in the service department, doing service sales, from service sales, left the car business altogether, went into work for air conditioning company. And basically, they needed a commercial program. I helped put that program together, and that's where that started. So I started focusing on getting in businesses, doing the commercial applications, uh, a lot of door knocking, a lot of phone calls, and basically whatever it takes to get the business out there. From there, saw an opportunity, and that's when I opened up RPH Strategies, working on sales training. When did you start that? When did you open up your business? You said 20... 2019 was when the focus started. So I was, I was just talking to another friend. Uh, he does some consulting. It's like, have you thought about putting a focus specifically into the sales process? Because salespeople, I'll talk with salespeople regardless of the industry or You're like a weird bunch of at. people yeah. together like Craig over here. It's a sales guy. Yeah. So a lot of what I was hearing was you've got a lot of really good ideas. You know, what are you doing on this? How are you getting traction here? How are you getting past the gatekeeper? What? And I, I never had a problem with that part of it. And even when I was talking to my friend, it's like, why don't you put a focus in your consulting business on sales? He's like, why don't you put the focus into it and open up your own business? <laughs> so see that. that was, I had a job. I made good money. I didn't have to leave. I did pretty much about whatever I wanted on it. And I had the return. So, and, and again, when I work, I work. But just something in there was lacking. Plus any training I went to. So in the car business, they are heavily focused on the training process. And I've seen some amazing stuff. Even a couple of the guys I learned from, they weren't trainers. But I had a gentleman, Al, and he's... He used to say he sold cars BC, which means before cars. Before cars. So, and this guy, I, honestly, most of everything that I apply into what I have today comes out of the interactions as a kid, just sitting down and listening, listening to his direction and listening to other people working a deal. Almost like on the job training. Yeah. Or internship, but you were an apprentice. In that. Pretty much. Pretty I, much. I was an apprentice that didn't get paid if he didn't do anything, though. <laughs> uh, that's true. And But, Craig, you've done a lot with hotels in training. You said you had to go through training all the time every for week, sales. Every week we had to take tests. We, they gave us phone call training. They were trying to see if we were doing our phone etiquette properly, follow-up calls, continuous training, training, training. They, uh, they sent me off to various places for all kinds of sales training, and I'm glad. Because that's what I'm using today because it's thorough, it works, 
and there's just minor modifications that you have to make to go with the changing times. So you yeah. said use a Radio Shack. For those of you who don't remember, if you're younger and you listen to this, Radio Shack was a store where you went and you got electronic stuff. It was the coolest store ever. It was a great store. It's like <laughs> it, back in the day for us, it was like going to, nowadays you go to, I don't know, you go to Home Depot. You go to, oh yeah, at our age, we go to Home Depot because we want to break things. Harbor Freight. <laughs> yeah. Harbor stuff. Freight, nice. So you take the information then from running a Radio Shack because that's running a business. Yep. You were probably a you were you were a franchisee. It was a franchise. It wasn't your business. No, correct? I was working for the corporate stores. Okay, so it was a corporate. I was I was a kid. I didn't have any money to buy buy anything. Okay. Like I said, I just worked. They tell me go this direction. You need to mention these products and do this. the The other word I liked was they had a thing that was called a spiff, where if I sold X amount of product. I got extra money on top of the money I was getting for running the store, on top of the money I got for having an increase of profit from month to month. Just simple, easy stuff. You want me to focus on that? Great. I'll do that. How much you paying me on that? Oh, I get an extra 50 bucks for every one of these I put up. Let me tell you how much money I made. Uh, uh, Enough to where, like I said, 18 years old, they're giving me a store just off of that, they're like, oh, you're an amazing salesperson. I was like, I don't do anything amazing, but sure, if that's what you think. Yeah. So you have that training for a corporate environment for a business. Then you go to more specific sales training for automobiles. On the automotive side. Now, uh, again, working with Al, there was another gentleman that I worked with. And uh, the biggest thing I got from him was don't ever lie. I know it sounds like simple advice, but the way he put it was, you're never smart enough to remember anything you lie about, not to mention uh, who are you telling it to. So he's like, just cut it out. Don't lie to anybody about anything, and your life is going to be that much easier. And especially from a sales point of view, someone can't come to me anywhere in my life and say, well, you said this was going to happen. No, because they can record everything now, and they tell exactly what you're, what you're saying. Yeah. It sounds very simple. And we'll, we're going to cover some more stuff after the after this first segment. But I want to ask you before we go into the break, did you develop a business plan when you decided to go into business for yourself? When I first was going to go into business for myself, I, like I said, I didn't have trouble on the front side of it as far as sitting down and working with somebody. I had no trouble getting business. But pulling it out of my head and now telling you how to go out and do what I did, that's where it took some time. That was the first realization and that first real speed bump that I hit. Okay. And then we'll, we'll, again, we'll come back into it because I want to explore a little bit more for those that might consider going into consulting. When you sit down and say, this is what I want to do. This is when I teach people. How are you going to do it? That's probably just as important as anything else. Okay. You're going to teach people. How are you going to do it? Stay tuned. The guys will be right back with more on how to check your suits. I'm Craig with Vets Growth, also known as Veterans Business Alliance. We specialize in advertising, consulting, marketing, and public relations. Vets Growth is all about persistence, inspiration, innovation, and strategy. Your success is my passion. Contact me by phone at 407-754-5779. Vets Growth, the power of one network.
All right, we are back with the second half. In fact, we jumped into it so fast, we didn't even ask you, how do people get a hold of Mr. Rob Hines with RPH Strategies? How do they get a hold of you? All right, so the best way, go right to my website, rphstrategies.com. You can access all of my social media, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, you name it, they're all there at RPH Strategies. But rphstrategies.com, you get my phone number. I also have a little button down at the bottom of the screen that's going to follow you all over the place until you push it and schedule an appointment. Either let's have a phone or a virtual conversation, or you can, if you're in Central Florida, let's meet in person, sit down, have a cup of coffee, and I'd love to share whatever pretty much you want to know at that point. Well, good. We left off with talking about a business plan. So you left what you were doing. You know in your head what you want to teach people. Did you put anything down on paper that said, this is my plan for doing business as RPH Yes, strategies? and that's actually kind of a funny story. So I had that thought in my head. It's like, okay, well, I can do that. That's, that's what I've done my whole life. I've got no problems doing it. I can sit down with somebody. And, and that's all I've done is make other people a lot of money and secure business. When I deal with somebody, they do business. So talking about that, yes, I had an idea. I had a direction. And at first I was like, oh, that's great. I just got to come up with some content, put together a program and let's talk. And as soon as I wrote it down, I let it sit for a couple days. I looked at what I had and I realized, oh, that ain't going to work. That's a, that, it was atrocious. Oh my God. It, not that it was anything bad as far as a direction, but when you start looking at it from how are people going to be viewing you and, and seeing it on that sense, it really did not make sense. So at that point, I had the realization that something had to change. And a lot of it was getting it out of my head. So you were talking about training earlier, and training is something that has to go on pretty much on a daily basis. If you're a musician, you train daily several hours a day. If you're an athlete, you train several, several hours a day. And any other business, whatever you work for, the manufacturer will send you to training so that way you know your product. You should also be going to training on your competition of anything else that might be there because you better know what you're going against as well. So I went back into training. I went back into people I've trained under. I went back into seminars I've attended. I've gone, even when I got out of the car business, I saw a lot of bad, bad, bad presentations where you've got motivational speakers or a lot of guys going around saying they're doing sales training by quoting Dave Ramsey. And I, I do love Dave Ramsey, so don't, don't think I'm, I'm saying anything bad about him. But when you're talking about a guy that's worried about your debt, then that doesn't do good when you're on sales because just because you have debt does not mean it's bad. All debt is not bad debt. I'm sorry, Dave. But you have to understand sometimes you need to incur debt to turn around and make a profit. You need to invest before you can get money. So however it is, you got to put in. So I started going back into what are other people looking to get out of it? How am I going to get that message across? And that's when the light kind of turned on. And it took me about six months of going through, talking with people, talking with various businesses. And at this point, I, I still did have the other job. But now when I was going in, yeah, I, I went and I got the business I was there to secure. But I started asking other questions of what would they expect out of something and how, how would they expect to go about it? 
And that's when I started developing a program. So I've got what you would call, I guess, uh, the DART method is what I created. You got to have a directive. You got to have awareness, recon, and training. Even I myself, I train daily. So you you think, oh, well, you're a trainer. What, what are you going to do? I train daily because you know what? There's other stuff that's out there. Now, again, I don't just train with anybody because it, it's got to be somebody I believe in. That's the other thing I had to. Anybody I work with, you got to have belief and you got to have a passion for what you're doing. That's my biggest fear is when I walk into a room, that's what I tell them. And they could have 10 salespeople, 20 salespeople. Uh, I've had as many as probably about 30 in that initial meeting. If you don't believe it, take your stuff and go, because if you don't believe it, you're not doing yourself any good. You're not doing the company any good. That belief, that passion is what I had. And I, I realized I could really help out a lot of people. The other part of it, my focus was incorrect. And that's what I noticed within that initial period as well. I was focusing on the closing process because that's what I heard. We can't close. We're having trouble closing. We get through. Everything is great until we get to the end and they just don't want to sign the paper. And that's where the directive part of it comes. It's not about signing the paper. It's about why are you there? Why would you entertain a conversation? And you've got pictures in your office and people I'm sure are willing to talk to you about your motorcycle and maybe some of the other things that you have going on throughout the studio. But do you care about that? Yeah, you care about it personally. Maybe if we're friends having dinner or whatever, we might talk about it. But if I walk in as a salesperson, I start talking to you about your motorcycle, where are we going to get? Yeah, what are you here for? What are you trying to sell me? Exactly. That's pretty much what it read out. Nobody of has time. So back to that directive, it is, what are you there for? What is the direction you're looking to go? And what are you trying to accomplish? And also, you better have that awareness. And even on the recon part of it, you better have some sort of strategy or idea of what you're doing when you're walking through these doors. So when you look at a business, when somebody contacts you and they say, okay, I think I, think I can use what you have. I still don't really understand. You're like a lot of the other business consultants out there. You're going to help me grow my business. When you go into a business, what do you look for right out of the box? First thing is it, it, it's got to go back to that belief. I need to see when I'm talking to you that you have a belief in what you're doing. Otherwise, there's no way you can tell anybody that's under you to have the exact same thing. Plus, if you don't believe it, no matter what I do to help you, including going to work for you personally doing it, it's just not going to happen. So the belief has to be there on all sides of it. Next thing I'm going to look for is see what kind of structure. Now, I don't consider myself a consultant in the sense of how, how people think of consultants. I'm not looking to go in there to change any. Well, I want to change some of the structure of a particular process, but I'm not there to take over your business. I'm there to work with you to get your business somewhere else. I'm not going to be focusing on your PNL yet. We may talk about something like that. My focus is going to be in the direct strategy. So a lot of people say they have a debt problem. I think they might have an income problem, and I can help with that. Most of the time when I'm dealing with a sales team, again, remember I said everybody focuses on closing the deal, but nobody focuses on the beginning part of it. If you're on the phone, you have four seconds to get your message across or you're dead in the water. <laughs> Sometimes less if you're if, if you walk to you in the door and you're live with somebody, you have one second to get your message. And if you don't believe that's true, ask any of your significant others and women, especially you ask them within a second, 
did you rule him out as a potential mate or whatever it is? And every time they'll say, well, I didn't know that we were going to be married. You know, it was a little bit of a, you know, ask my wife. She'll tell you she thought I was crazy. Yeah. But they know within that second that they haven't ruled you out. Within that second, and that's huge. Sales is no different. You'll know someone walks in your door within one second if you're going to continue to have a conversation and focus on business or if you're going to move a different direction. So why am I going to screw around talking about your motorcycle when I need to talk about what I'm here to actually help you with? So your your focus really is on helping this business, whether it's big or small, because if I'm a solopreneur, I may not realize I need help with sales. I just can't seem to get any business. Well, maybe it's your sales approach. So do you look at solopreneurs different than businesses with six or eight salespeople? Only in the way that it gets initially structured. Otherwise, the process is exactly the same, no matter the product, no matter the person, whatever it is. It is focused on a specific attitude and a specific process. When it's done correctly, the focus is not on me walking in the door, but it's about me walking in the door within one second, me getting you to realize that we have something to talk about. And from that point on, I'm not talking. Surprisingly, you're going to be doing all the talking because how you go about building rapport is where the foundation of this entire program lies. And from there, I can build on prospecting and everything else. Let's talk about emails. I can't tell you how many places I walk into and their process of prospecting is they might go to an event somewhere and they send out a bunch of emails. Well, okay, that's great, but, well, you guys have a business. How many emails do you go through that you don't know that just come from wherever? Yeah, if it's somebody I have met at an event, that's one thing. But I get tons of unsolicited emails that, I, that go right in trash. I don't even read them anymore. I don't even read them. And, and that's, that's, that's hands down the easiest fix. Stop sending emails. If you're not looking at them, why do you think anybody else would look at them? And just because you met someone at an event, that doesn't mean they're the decision maker. Now, I'm not saying dismiss these events and dismiss the contacts you can get out of them, but people focus on a relationship as opposed to focused on rapport. I'm not looking for a friend. You're not looking for a friend. We're not looking to hug it out when we're done with this. We're looking to have a reason that we're here to talk. What are we going to talk about? And what's the value that's going to come All right, out of so it? So let's then turn that. You go to a networking event and you identify there's three or four people just from the way they talk that I think they need some assistance. For me, it, I know it's easier for me to send an email to try or make a phone call to that individual as opposed to do you go everywhere? Do you physically go to that person? And how it do you? It depends. Do you... There, there is a lot of phone work. Let, let's take your types of prospecting. You have your cold prospecting, your warm prospecting, which will be what you get through the events and that. So cold, I, I don't necessarily condone so much on the cold as far as a salesperson just walking out and knocking oh, on you love every that, door in you? the world. You, yeah, now, you would. I'll, take, now, I'll take them down. <laughs> I will go do it. Now, if I go and I'm in the middle of a business park and I'm going to talk to, talk to you about it, you know what? I'm going to go knock on Craig's door since it's right there. If I'm already there, I'll make use of it. Hey. I, I do business in the community. Let's have a conversation. And that's all it is. You just want to get the conversation. Door knocking is, it, it is where it's at. One of my biggest, biggest ever businesses has come out of door knocking, but I prefer to do a targeted cold. So instead of just walking in a door for no reason, I'm going to do some research about your business. Now, let's say I do work with your kind of business. I can duplicate that easily. 
So if we work well together, well, I'm going to look after other companies that have the same structure as what you have, the same product, same ideas, same uh, whatever it may be. But I'm going to do research so when we walk in the door, we can have a conversation about your business, and now I can turn it around and have an instant application. Now, I might go after a different business, but same thing. I'm going to go through and find out who I'm dealing with, what the business is, what they handle, what kind of scale are they? Because I'm going to talk to a solopreneur a lot different than I am a large company. So the breakdown on that is going to be a lot different as well. Let me, let me ask one last question. What other groups are you involved with? Do you do any speaking engagements? Do you do any networking? I do a little bit of everything. So RPH strategies, uh, yeah, I, I can set it up for however you want to do it. I can do private, hourly training, half day, full day, workshops, whatever you want. I also have another business I run, so and this did come out of the networking world. I didn't think that, and you got some companies that are out there that do very well, but I do not like that cult atmosphere, and I don't want people to feel forced that they have to show up for something. So I apply the same strategies to that. Let's have a conversation. Let's just get good people doing good business into a room and see what happens. So I run a group. It's uh, Crema de Nona. Uh, we are now Crema Partners, Inc. We went from a box of coffee and a Facebook post two years ago to now we are an actual business focused on small business growth and development. And that you can go to cremadenona.com and information for our meetings are there. We meet every, uh, every Tuesday morning at 8.30 in the morning at Canvas and stress-free, no BS, show up with real leads, not stuff because you feel that you're forced to do something. And the amount of business we generate in that group will just absolutely blow your mind. Yeah, that's a that's a whole nother topic about networking events. And there's some value. There's value in everything. If I don't necessarily agree with the way somebody does something, right, I need to take something away from them that I can apply to my business. And I think you're right. The strategy can be the same for business entities, business groups. Not so much the strategy. So I'll have a different strategy with any business I go into, but the process. The process will be the same. Has to stay the same. You guys came from the military. No matter what you're doing, there is a process and how you go to do whatever it is, whether you agree with it or not. Well, there's yeah. a specific process because what, what are you dealing with? You're dealing with multiple, multiple people to do the exact same thing with the same outcome. You can't just go out there, pray for the best on everything you do. Some, some of us did it right in the Air Force. And the Was Rob Hart commander? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, geez. Well, one more time, give people a way that they can get a hold of you, and then we'll give a little bit of a tip of the day. RPHstrategies.com. Everything I have is through there. Schedule a call, schedule a meeting, and you can always call me, 407-289-8999. If I'm not in the middle of working with somebody, I will be answering that phone. All right, and our tip of the day really is what you say all the time, which is? Give me more money? Yes, yes, yes exactly, <laughs> exactly. Uh, that's not it's, coming uh, from me, is it? No, no, I, I give you more money. So uh, change nothing, nothing changes. Yeah, You help businesses not make those continual same mistakes and do yeah. something different. You got to change something. As much as us old people hate change. Do it different, but ultimately do it the right way. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a whole other issue. But Well, thanks for being here today. I really appreciate it. Well, thank and you. Hopefully, a lot of fun. hopefully there'll be some good nuggets in here for people, and we'll help grow our business. You gonna go cold calling after this? 
I already started before I came here. I went to McDonald's. You weren't there. No, I wasn't. I think I'll go have something cold to drink. So see you next time. And thanks again for listening. Thanks for listening to the Check Your Six podcast. Tune in again next time for more information on your small business development.